Welcome, everyone, to this podcast is for nerds. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about our favorite Xbox 360 games. How are you doing this week, Zach? <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, this week, wow, you know, the intro was so great. I can't even, yeah, that was great. I'm great. This week Good. is great. Good. <laughs> Um, so if there's anyone new joining us, uh, this podcast is for nerds is a general discussion type podcast where we talk about our favorite nerdy subjects and we're kind of on a, I don't know, we've been at this for like probably almost a month now of going through our favorite video games from each console. Um, this week we're on the 360, um, the Xbox 360. So, um, if you don't already follow us, you should follow us. We're on Instagram at this pod is for nerds. Um, and on Twitter, we're at this pod is the number four nerds. Um, so let's get started. Um, so the Xbox 360 uh, was released in North America. Uh, I got the date here somewhere. Uh, no, discontinued. Okay. So it was released, <laughs> sorry, North America, uh, November 22nd of 2005. And this generation ran for, uh, 11 years, which feels crazy. Um, given Holy we're crap, about to, we're really? about to enter Yeah. So we're about to enter a new generation. Um, so this one, this generation lasted, uh, it doesn't feel as long. Um, what, what is your experience with the Xbox 360, Zach? Xbox 360 was the first time I deviated and played away from, I would say, Japanese-based consoles, actually. Um, I get it now that they're... Actually, now that I say that out loud, there weren't a ton of options, I don't think, before then. No, before then, you had the uh, the original Xbox. So did you not have one of those? I didn't. I went okay. to a friend's house and played with that, too. And I think... And honestly, up until recently, when I purchased a, hmm, what did I actually buy at my house? We had a GameCube. We had, I think we just had a GameCube. A lot of my friends at the time, I was driving, so I could just go to their houses. Yeah. Um, and everything else in my world wasn't really conducive to playing video games all the time so (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're we're starting to get to that generation where we're we had more responsibilities so there's there was probably less time um but i certainly for me this was like probably my most used console i think okay um yeah so i've i've got a lot of experience with this i owned i owned two of them uh had divorced parents so I had a I had an Xbox at each house, and um, this was the first time I had experienced online play. I don't know if that was your experience as well. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say no, only because of the original Xbox. Oh, okay. So you were playing Halo One and Two online. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never did that. Um, Halo Three was like my first Halo game online. So. Yeah, this console was it was pretty incredible. It it really out I think it outperformed the PS3 in a major way. Um, it didn't have all the hardware that the PS3 had, 
but it had the i think better online experience and i think for that reason is why the xbox kind of dominated this generation and eventually we'll get into the next generation and we'll see how that that kind of changed um because the ps4 definitely dominated this generation we're currently in i think it's got more than double the sales of the xbox one um i don't know about you um there was a major issue with the Xbox 360 at a certain <laughs> point. Um, I, I think most people, um, there was a survey released, uh, I think via Games Radar, um, that over 50% of Xbox 360 users experienced this. It was called the Red Ring of Death. <laughs> and what would happen was the Xbox would overheat and there was uh, little rings on the front of the Xbox where the power button was. And that's how you saw actually how many controllers were connected, which I thought was a super cool way of doing it. Um and kind of fit in with the the name, the 360. It's, you know, it's a ring. Um, but three of those <laughs> lights would light up red and the Xbox would be bricked. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> that probably coincided with the... Uh... <laughs> The rise of weight of, of video game rage quit videos. Oh, totally! Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Because so this came out in two thousand five, which is uh, the same year of YouTube. So this is kind of like it the, really holy crap. Yeah, dude. YouTube is is uh, fifteen years old, which is crazy. Uh, it's it, crazy to think that that's all it is. Yeah, right. We just have so much experience with it. But this was like this generation was kind of the birth um, or maybe the explosion of the popularity in Let's Plays. I think there were Let's Plays before this generation, but um, it was certainly popularized with with YouTube and, um, you know, capture cards were becoming easier to obtain. People weren't, you know, taking their camcorder and just recording their their TV screen as they were playing their video game. Um, so did you have this? Did your Xbox have this? Um, no, I never was really interested in like, I don't know, playing back anything. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I meant the, uh, the red ring. Oh, I no, no, back. no. It didn't. Oh, that's, <laughs> didn't that's good. That's good. <laughs> By the time I got my Xbox, I had bought it or actually I got it from a friend because he upgraded. Um, it was when they built in the internal fans to help it stay cool. So I okay. never ran into this issue, actually. Oh, nice. But there are plenty of people who did. Yes, I am one of them. Um, oh. My original 360 that I had I had bought, I uh, paid for half of for Christmas the year it came out. Mowed lawns like all summer in preparation for it. I watched E3. I think that was the E3 when they announced it and basically spent my whole summer mowing lawns. Uh, to get enough money to to get it on uh, on launch day, um, so that one lasted about I want to say a year and a half. Um, and which, then to I be fair, is not bad. Be only, and I, it still sucks. Don't get me wrong. But I've seen people go out in a few months. But then again, they're like marathon players too. Yeah. So my my cousin had an even worse experience, and I I totally understand. He does not. Uh, he's not a Microsoft supporter anymore. He uh, he experienced the red ring. And the way it worked was if you were still in warranty, Microsoft would repair the Xbox and return it to you at no cost. With that said, this all kind of popped off um, all at once. So there was a huge backlog. 
Um, I think it took him like three months to get his Xbox back. And it lasted about another month, and then it red ringed again. And by that time, all the prestige he gained on Call of Duty was gone. <laughs> yeah, this was the this was the dawn of the the prestige in the Call of Duty. So I love the prestige people who would fight for prestige, and then they came up with prestige level two, and that level oh, two it ruined race. everything. Yeah, it erased everything. Like it was once you prestige, you lost everything you fought for. Yeah, yeah, I never did prestige. it. I uh, I just sat at that top level. Um, cause I got to keep all my stuff. I just, um, you know, I was just the double dead man's hand guy. I was like, you know what? I'm not trying to be good at online combat. So I'm going to get all my perks to go in once I, my character dies. So I just ran in with a handgun and a shield. And then once I got like down, I would just pull out two grenades and clear whatever room the campers are hiding out in. Yeah. Yeah. And this is so for me, like, this is like the first generation where you could really tell the difference between generations as far as graphical fidelity, game performance. Um, we, I mean, this was HD, so now these Xboxes had had an HDMI cable that would plug into your TV if you had HDMI in your TV. And the good old Cat Six Ethernet cable. Yeah, yeah, the yep, the Ethernet cable. So that's this was my first online experience and first time dealing with uh, online trolls. And uh, <laughs> this was my first wireless controller that didn't require a hub. So I had the GameCube, the wireless GameCube controller, but that you needed to plug a dongle into the front of the GameCube for that to work. And those both ran on batteries. I forgot um, about that, actually. Yeah. Um, so this is like my first true wireless controller. And to this day, it's one of my favorites. It's definitely not my favorite. Um, but it, it, it's such a solid controller. Um, great response time. Um, and this is the generation. So we haven't talked about the original Xbox. We'll probably do this one day. But this was... So with the original Xbox controller, you had triggers... Uh, you had a left and right trigger, and then you had the black and white button, um, which, depending on the game, did different different things. So this generation, they got rid of the black and white button, and they replaced it with bumpers, um, which was a great move, in my opinion. Uh, I think the black and white buttons were super difficult to reach on the original <laughs> Xbox, so I thought that was a great idea. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about the, the hardware or the generation in general before we get into favorite games um i would just say that i think the word because you mentioned the um the improvement in the graphics this wasn't seen like you saw it during gameplay but where it really started to shine when we started having games that had like cutscenes for stories and that's when we started seeing the evolution of basically you're not playing a game anymore you're playing a movie yeah. <laughs> like yeah, totally. If anyone's currently playing, um, oh wow, I, I, I forgot the name. I, I had said Left for Dead earlier, and now it's oh, messing me up. The Last of Us, The too? Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, That's playing I, a movie. That's not playing a game anymore. Totally. It looks. Uh, yeah, this was like the first generation where I was like, this looks like real life. Like I believe this, and now even more so with the uh, the new generation that we're currently in. I definitely felt that way with I'm so I'm replaying Last of Us right now the first one and uh, the PS4 version the remaster has HDR support and it is so stunning the the cutscenes are unbelievable. Yeah, it really just kind of drags you into everything. It's nuts honestly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so this one sold at launch at uh, two ninety nine. The, uh, oh, really? the, That's the it? core, yeah. Um, Three ninety nine for the uh, twenty gigabyte hard drive. The one with the twenty gigabyte hard drive. So, um, pretty. It, to my, in my remembrance, is is a pretty fair price. I recall the PS three was was actually pretty expensive on launch. So I think that may have also been the reason that people switched over to the 360. The PS3 was expensive on launch and it was kind of just riddled with issues as far as like um you know they 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 didn't have the on they, they were playing the pitch up game in the online support system. I honestly like Xbox Live was where it's at. Like oh, if you yeah. weren't on Xbox Live you weren't playing a game. Yeah, absolutely. And they they had their own hardware issues. They had the Yellow Ring of Death. Um, which didn't affect as many people, but definitely still, still a problem. Um, right. As funny before we move on, I I learned that the Red Ring of Death cost Microsoft um, over a billion dollars. Oh, Whoa. yeah, Holy which crap. is just it's crazy to think that 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 hardware failure was was so high at over fifty percent, costing them a billion dollars to. to I mean, fix. I wonder. I wonder what I wonder. What do you think about it? The amount of games that they had probably was definitely a factor, right? But I wonder for them, um, the, uh, they, maybe they didn't anticipate how many people would start really like playing games. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't recall, this was too long ago for my memory. I was still in middle school at this point when it came out. Um, I don't recall there being huge uh, delays in shipments of them. Like, I don't remember like them flying off the sales so much that they they fell behind in production. Um, certainly could be though. Oh no, I meant more so like they weren't anticipating people playing games for as long as they did per session. Oh yeah, it and could that be. wearing the components out to like maybe their playtesting were based on the amount of hours people played games now or during that generation, which was like Xbox. Um, GameCube, PS2, and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, that's definitely definitely possible. Um, there were a few reiterations of this console too, as the generation went on. There was the the uh, Xbox 360s, which was their slim model. Um, they also had the Elite, um, which is what I had, and that one did not run into the same red ring of death issue i don't know if the s had that um, i don't think it did either i think the s also had an internal cooling system or at least at one point they offered a um external fan you could snap onto it which i don't think worked as well um because you know you're still not able to pull heat away as if it was you know a solid unit together yeah yeah. Someone um, from Microsoft who eventually listens to this, let us know. Yeah, I would love to hear. You guys want to know what's up. Yeah. This is the uh, sixth highest selling video game console in history. Really? It is, it is the highest selling console made by an American company. So, yeah, Xbox One is, has performed very poorly this generation, unfortunately. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with leadership. Uh, but we'll get onto that in the uh, Xbox One episode if we ever do one. <laughs> um, so let's get into the games, because that's what the, the video game consoles are for. 
Um, we won't get into the Connect because that piece of hardware um, <laughs> spied on everybody before Alexa did. Oh yeah, totally, man. Yeah, it's constantly recording us, and then they they released it again with the Xbox One, which is a huge mistake. Um, <laughs> so, what is the first game you'd like to talk about, Zach? And these don't. It, we should say I don't. I don't think these inherently have to be exclusives to the to the uh, to the generation. I would say that we we can't start off anything like this without talking about Halo. Yeah, agreed. But I also agree that like we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about Halo because we've all played Halo. We all know what's up. And technically, it started on the Xbox original. I can't even call it what Xbox Zero, maybe because it can't be. It can't be the. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just called Xbox, but yeah. Yeah. So I think going from there, I'm going to go with Gears, Gears of War and Gears of War 2. That whole, honestly, the Gears series is just awesome. I think it really brought in a different kind of aspect of gameplay and storytelling that wasn't available really with Call of Duty. Um, it played off of Halo in the sense of like, it was Halo's more violent older brother. Um but I really enjoyed playing that. I think the 360 is when I got into a lot of multiplayer with a lot of friends. Um, so most of my time was spent playing like Gears of War. Um, uh, when I when I first got into the Borderlands series, so Borderlands 2. Um, a couple solo player games. But I think a lot of it was just kind of social. So it was a lot of the games I mentioned. And then you have like Castle Crashers, which is a fun game. Came from Newgrounds or from Newgrounds Studios. Actually, it's not Underground Studios. I forgot who actually made that game, but it's not that. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll look it up while you're talking. Yeah, um, but those are like I, those are a lot of the social games. I think for individual games, um, I played a lot of ports from the PS2. Like, I really loved the Need for Speed Most Wanted game, but the Xbox 360 version was not the same game, and that was unfortunate. Um, I also played Fable Three, and I well. I started playing Fable 3 and just couldn't get to the intro where I had to go and high five like 50 people to get this achievement. So I was returning the game because it was garbage. So I <laughs> wasn't trying to do that. And everyone's favorite or least favorite game because some people who love the Fallout franchise say 3 is the best and never like anything after. But I personally like New Vegas um, because <laughs> I just thought it was great. I don't have a reason for it, and I'm not going to explain myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the uh, the Castle Crusher series, I forgot. Um, I've met the the devs for this game. Um, it's from Behemoth. That's um, right. There we go. They made uh, Alien Hominid, which is probably one of my favorite GameCube games. Um, they also did um, Battle Block Theater, which is also <laughs> a really fun game, and just... uh, Pit People. <laughs> They just troll you so hard. And even as the game gets harder. <laughs> okay, so if you've never played any of these games, then don't con- don't continue because it's going to be a spoiler. But long story short, they basically make the end of a game a joke every time. And it's, <laughs> it's satisfying but very frustrating. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, there was uh, there was a lot this generation. I, you know, as far as exclusives go, it wasn't. You know, I, I think the the heavy hitters are like the ones you mentioned: Fable Two, um, Halo. Um, I think I think PlayStation in general has done a really good job at giving people 
exclusive single player games. Um, like this generation, we got we got The Last of Us on the PlayStation. Um, that's considered a like a masterpiece by by most. Um, but this was definitely the like I think this was like the social video gaming era. I think a lot of people were playing games together online because the internet was becoming more easily accessible for people. Um, so yeah. Um, some of my favorites are probably not exclusives, although I really enjoyed Saints Row. That was a that was an exclusive to the Xbox 360. I've just loved that series in general. Um, <laughs> I also probably still holds up as one of my favorite games of all time. Um, this isn't an exclusive, but um, Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. Oh, yeah. They're probably some of my favorite. It's to me. So like <laughs> to get I keep bringing up Last of Us, but like Last of Us is has a great story. Um, but the gameplay is pretty, pretty awful, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I think shooting is is just dreadful. Um, and I think Bioshock and, and specifically Bioshock Infinite offer um, a similar um, storied experience like it feels like a movie at certain points um, but it also has just as good of gameplay um, did you I ever play I, I definitely agree with that that it yeah. definitely feels more like a movie it was more like a that gothic noir type of like investigation almost like it was um, well not to LA noir but underwater with a lot of mystery and yeah a lot of, a lot of drugs Tons of drugs. I did all the plasmids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you beat the the first Bioshock game? I didn't, um, but I did. So at the time, I didn't have an Xbox yet, but I played along with a friend of mine. So like, I knew how was how and what was going on. Um, big question for you though is: Did you like Bioshock more than Bioshock Infinite, or were they both just great for you? Um. So. I remember, so my, my experience with Bioshock, the original, um, I, so I, <laughs> my, the Xbox that I had that I got on launch was at my, my, my dad's and I only saw him on weekends. So most of my, for the first like year or so, Xbox 360 experiences were, um, at, at my friend's house cause he got it around the same time. Um, so this came out in like 2007, I think. So this was like right before I got mine at, at my, uh, my main house. Um, so I watched my friend play the original Bioshock. Um, I didn't really play it until, until I had already seen the entire game. I basically did a let's play, watch my friend play it. Um, and going back, it was still, still great, but I knew it was coming. Um, it's we had different endings so you know there's like two different endings to the game i don't want to um i don't want to spoil it if you don't know oh yeah i know all of them okay yeah so uh, um when my friend played he got the like pure ending where he uh <laughs> where he saved all the little sisters um and you know uh i guess i should have warned this is spoilers for a, a 13 year old game but um <laughs> So at, at the end of the game, um, you you adopt all these little sisters and, and they're there with you at your deathbed. Um, I got a different ending um, because I didn't get all of them. 
um it's not as positive of an ending um (laughs) no no um but i think like so for for me i I went on to play bioshock 2 obviously have (laughs) less fond memories of that game um not not a not a wonderful game but bioshock infinite uh came back to uh ken levine um he he's he's kind of the mastermind behind this game series and um so he came back for this bioshock infinite and i just think the story is better um i remember seeing the trailer at e3 um i was like oh cool there's gonna be you know this it's gonna be in the same place we're gonna have like underwater experience it's gonna be like noir and creepy and then there's a moment where you're it opens i think the elevator doors and you see uh you're in the sky this time and and you're on these like hot air balloons i was like wow this this is gonna feel like tonally very different like i i just i remember seeing the trailer and being like i don't know that this is going to be like as intense or scary for me and i was completely wrong (laughs) i think this this version is a much uh more intense and scary game maybe because of the the cult-like aspect and the the multiple um realities that you can experience um and then the the big reveal at the end um i think makes makes (laughs) for a makes for a better game all of that was i think it really i think the best way to describe that from my perspective is it reinvigorated the bioshock like i don't know it's not reinvigorated but it kind of just you know how some some games can get stale and just kind of keep things how they, as they are. Yeah, this felt like it was a way to like take the storytelling to a whole new level, open up different like ideas of what could and couldn't happen. It was just it was incredibly wild and not what I anticipated. Yeah, I I think Bioshock Infinite offers one of my favorite video game moments, and um, it's it's pretty early in the game, so it won't be spoilers um, if you haven't played it. Um, if you haven't played Bioshock at this point, just, no, you should definitely play Bioshock Infinite. It's, yeah, it's, it definitely won't. Like, even if we tell you parts of the story, you'll still be experiencing it. It's like saying, "Oh, yeah, this happened to me in Dead Space," but the experience of playing Dead Space is very different <laughs> than just talking about Dead Space. Oh my gosh, that is a terrifying. That's probably one of the scariest games I've ever played. Um, <laughs> um, but there is a moment early on in the game. You're you're going through. Um, you're going through Columbia and um, you, you walk by this barbershop quartet and you hear them singing and they're singing uh, the Beach Boys. And uh, it's just such a such a beautiful rendition. Um, and it just it just gives me like I get like a crazy flood of nostalgia when I think of that moment. And uh, I remember having my wife play this and just like getting to watch her experience that because Beach Boys are one of her favorite bands. So like watching the smile like come out like when she realized what they were singing, she's just like so excited. <laughs> it was a cool moment. So, so yeah, the, the Bioshock series, it, I've, not an exclusive, obviously, to the to the Xbox, but I played it on the Xbox. And um yeah, one of one of my favorite gaming single player gaming experiences on the Xbox. Nice. Um, do you have another one? Um, I'm going to go with I think we talked about Borderlands three a lot earlier on, but Borderlands two is really what dragged me in to not just wanting an Xbox three sixty, but resting a lot of my time. I think I put over 
70 or 80 hours into that game. Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> because like it's like Elder Scrolls levels. Well, cuz there's so much to it and I just my friend and I we just kind of got hooked on it and there was just so much we didn't know and there was so many secrets and let I will say farming in that game was absolutely atrocious. Like I think Borderlands 3 is a stroke of genius based on how much better this game is than 2 and <laughs> just I really need to play it with you cuz I've not I've not touched it 3. Oh dude, we can definitely yeah, we can we can do that. Can. <laughs> All right. So, what what'd you like about two? Honestly, it was my first time playing a loot shooter, and I didn't realize that Borderlands was the like parent of the loot shooter genre. Um, because before then, it was just like Halo and things like that. You had objectives and stuff like that, Team Royale and King of the Hill and things like that. But I never played like for like gear and like it really combined an RPG aspect, and I love RPGs with a first person shooter and I'd never that just seemed crazy to me. So Yeah, um, it de- it definitely reminded me of like this was like around the time I started playing World of Warcraft. Um like the the this this series reminds me a bit of it like when you're when you're in raids with people. Oh yeah. And I think Destiny I forgot Destiny started also was on originally on Xbox 360 as well. Oh yeah. Never got into that though. Um I just didn't honestly have the time to. And so yeah, I just, well, I just you, didn't. You missed uh you missed Tyrion's top tier voice acting. <laughs> Did I really? Uh yeah, so he is uh one of the main characters in the game and uh he was so poorly received um when they re-released oh, Destiny in the next yeah. generation. <laughs> they had uh Troy Baker who's legendary voice actor. Troy Baker is in everything and it's fantastic. Oh I love yeah, he's Joel from Last of Us. He's yep. so good in that role too. He also did. A, I think he was one of the voices in um, in Saints Row as well. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Pretty pretty much any AAA game, he's involved in some manner. He's played the Joker in the uh, Arkham series, and he's also Batman in the Arkham series. I think it's either him or Nolan North. I think they traded off because there was two Batman games that came out back to back, and they're slightly. It's not the Arkham like Night series. It was like before that. And I think I forgot which one, but those are also great games that. I just forgot to put on this list because Arkham City, oh man. So good. Um, I would say just, yeah, just the combination of those two aspects, which really kind of got it home for me. And just the art style. It was very cell shady. It didn't take itself too seriously. Um, I think after playing Gears and Halo and Call of Duty for so long, I was like, man, I just want something that's like still fun, kind of nonsensical like James Bond games are, but also just like... I, I just I think that's the transition when I got to the point where I wanted to play games without an emotional investment. I just wanted to play a game. Yeah, yeah, not not you know they're not super invested in the story, although it it has a great story and it doesn't take itself seriously. I totally understand that. Yeah, it has the story. The story honestly is it's, it's fun because it's baked in. I think with. Um, Call of Duty and Gears, it's, you know, those games, you don't play them for the story anymore. You play, I mean, well, I'll take it back. Gears, you definitely play for the story because it's yeah. a really well-written story. But Call of Duty games, you basically just play for the online aspect, and everyone knows that. You're not really playing for the... Yeah, my, my only my only caveat um, for, this, for this specific generation is probably Modern Warfare 1. I uh, I really enjoy, I really enjoyed the story. Yeah, I actually what's the story in that one? I forgot. 
Um, boy, it's a long one. Uh, so <laughs> what's, the, what's the time? Is that when they hit and they started zombies up? Yeah, that was a, uh, this was the first one with zombies, I think. Yeah, um, I also think zombies are overdone a lot. This oh, me last too. Generation. And I, I didn't play any game that had any kind of form of zombie anything in it. Cause I'm like, okay, we get it. Zombies, like, <laughs> can you get a more annoying? Yeah, I don't. Think- and that's the thing, zombies, I think it's more of the noise zombies made. Like, I wasn't scared of them. It's just like, they just reminded me of everybody who eats with their mouth open. <laughs> and I just didn't want to deal with that <laughs> in a game. It was just gross. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, this, this series is, is so solid. Borderlands is just so much so much fun. It's It was a great, great shooter. And they've gone on to do, you know, awesome stuff even with the telltale it's one of my favorite telltale games the the borderlands one and i actually didn't realize how much that actually affects three like everything that happens in everything that happens in the telltale series plays out in three like it's a part of it oh really oh and i never played the telltale one because i didn't realize that that was the case i thought it was just like oh someone got licensing and decided to use it and that i'll have to uh that. i'll have to loan you my copy so you can play it. It's it's worth playing. It's like uh, maybe it's less than ten hours, um, and it's super fun. For sure. <laughs> yeah. What um, was what was a game that like? So you mentioned, I think you mentioned playing The Last of Us. You haven't played the new one, but you played the run previous, right? Yeah. So right now, I played it on the PS3 when it came out. Um, loved it and uh so it's been like seven years uh between these games which is crazy to think um there was such a gap but this generation was so long um and so they it's kind of perfect timing they um when they released last of us it was like right at the tail end of the ps3 era and like two years later they released a remastered version on the ps4 Mm-hmm. Um, and it was super cheap. It was on sale right when I got my PS4. So I just, I picked it up. It was like, I think it was like 20 bucks. And I was like, this is super fun. My wife never got to play it on the PS3. So I think she might enjoy it. Um, turns out she was <laughs> not a fan. Um, I think mostly cause the jump scares. Um, oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm playing it right now just to kind of like freshen up on the story before I buy uh, part two, um, but I I don't know if you saw the there were leaks about the uh, the plot points of of part two before the game actually came out. And, I uh, saw that there were leaks, but I don't. Anytime there's a spoiler, I don't like. Unless I don't intend on playing the game and I'm aware of the game, I don't really like watch spoilers i think for this one i will do like i started the last one and then i got halfway through it and then ended up just going to let's plays because i think i just got busy with work and i wanted to know more about it yeah and also again i i don't care what you call them they're zombies all right like (laughs) no they're clickers and bloaters and (laughs) runners every name who in the book you want to think of them but they're zombies and that was yeah yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a viral uh pandemic which feels very timely right now i think the release of part two feels way too real and i think that they kind of like tried to not bank on that but they couldn't yeah yeah so they delayed it a little bit this yeah yep yeah so um I was yeah, I was on Twitter one day and I was in a thread that was not related at all to Last of Us Part Two and somebody wrote out all the details. Of, oh, what a dick. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I've had it spoiled for me, but 
but I, you know, it's, they, they just get into like the, the main points. Um, and, and we won't get into last of us part two spoilers. I think there may be a day I want to discuss this game on this podcast. So, but it's not right now. It, it came out too recently. Um, but it, you know, they, they didn't get into the context of how these things happened. Um, so I want to be careful about what I say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, yeah. Um, sorry, you were you were mentioning Last of Us, and I, I wasn't sure where you were gonna. Oh no, that. I was just mentioning how like the whole zombie aspect. Like, I think there were a couple games like Thief and Crackdown, and games like that. All were like, oh yeah, you know, don't watch out for these guys. They come out at night, and oh yeah, they're actually like they're not zombies, but you know, like you know, but they're like no, they're snarling, nasty, gross, used to be human things. They're zombies and they're gross. Like I don't want to. I'm not playing this game. <laughs> Yeah, I uh um so yeah, I'm going to I'm going to mention a game. It's one of my favorites of this generation. Um I played it on the Xbox 360. I've actually probably played this particular game like 3 times. Oh, um wow. and it's cell shaded as well. Oh, but it's, okay. But it's also about zombies and that would be The Walking Dead season 1. Oh. <laughs> Delta. Um yeah, it's Mad it's, shout out to Telltale. Yeah. I will say for for what I don't like about zombies, the Telltale series and the Blitz Plays I watch, all just phenomenal. Yeah, this is another one of those similar to Last of Us. The the gameplay is not good. Um this was like one of their one of their early games. They did uh they did a Jurassic Park game, they did a Back to the Future game. Most of their I don't remember those at all. Yeah, they were not very popular and they Fair were enough. not good. <laughs> um so yeah this was like one of this was like their smash hit um and they i I would love to do an episode just on telltale as a whole because i think that company had such a such a huge rise and crashed so hard which is really sad because it was there was a great team that they had um and there are certain games from them that we're never going to get to see which really bums me out they were working on a um I want to say they're yeah they were working on a um, Avengers game which I was super excited about the prospect of, um, and they were also working on a Stranger Things video game, um, which I thought would be cool. Um, but anyway, we, we should have an episode on them. I think we touched on them a little bit in episode two with the Wolf Among Us. Yeah, we there's did. Definitely, there's definitely more to explore there. Yeah, and you know there was great news um, last E3 um that we're getting a wolf among us part two which is cool and i think we mentioned that last episode um but walking dead season one um has similar vibes as far as a connection between kind of a a, a father-daughter type relationship um without being blood um and just the the bond that is formed in tragedy and trauma and um i think it's a super powerful game i you know the the gameplay sucks it's it's really buggy but it was a small team um but the decisions you make while um you play more and more of these telltale games you realize some of these decisions really don't matter um (laughs) yep (laughs) it's i mean it's it's basically kind of a um i'm sure you remember the like choose your own adventure books um from when we were growing up like the the arlstein ones um, were some of my favorites where you could kind of pick your where you went but really there's like maybe three endings three true endings um so that's that's kind of how this game was um did you ever play this game 
No, I did. Let's uh, let's play this one. Okay. All right. Um, I will say it's funny to watch like the decisions that you would have made versus what the person playing was made versus like what the communities played. Um, shout out to the Rad Brad because he's, I've been watching him do let's plays for like ten years now. Oh, it's awesome! Kind of, it's kind of yeah. hilarious to like think about that, but it's true. That is crazy. Um, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll throw their. Uh their handle up in the uh in the show notes oh yeah um but i think it's funny because like there's things that i would have played i would have done in very differently like some of the things in the story you know like you said don't matter and then all of a sudden some of them very much matter and <laughs> i think the one of the cool things about this way of storytelling is that they don't always let you know what has more weight versus what doesn't yeah so sure. have you have you played all the way through like to the most recent um walking dead um so my wife is like a huge fan and has uh completed everything except this final season that got released um i've played uh up through season three and i played um the spinoff with michonne um which i didn't think was that great um, and then they did they did great DLC for this season one, which was very interesting. Um, that kind of focuses on five different groups of people. Um, and they're just brief little vignettes. It's like maybe 30 minutes per, um, but it, it was a great DLC. You know, I actually didn't. I saw the Michonne one, but I didn't think that was... I honestly ignored it. I thought, oh, that's cool. That's like a screenshot from the game and the show's on it now. I didn't much think of it actually. Yeah, I'm so I you know, I'm not a huge fan of the the TV series. Um I actually vastly prefer the comics and the video game to the show. Um but I've always found the character or I I don't want to speak to the TV, but the the video game version of Michonne feels very hollow. Um, okay. there's just not a lot there. Um, and it's, it's a three episode. It's, it wasn't like a full season. They didn't, they didn't give her a full season. And honestly, if I had to recite, um, <laughs> the, the events of the game, I probably couldn't do it. I know she kind of like comes to terms with losing her family and that's about it. <laughs> you say that so lightly. It's a- I know. Yeah. It's a super <laughs> heavy topic, but <laughs> it didn't, it didn't feel um, as powerful as the bond between Clementine and Lee. Um, no, absolutely. I, I get that. And, and Michonne yeah. was definitely an antihero for a long portion of like the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I always thought she was cool. I was like, Oh, she's like the most interesting character they've had in this TV series the whole time. Cause I'm so over uh, uh, Daryl. Um, <laughs> I remember the the year before Walking Dead season one came out, I was a big fan of Boondock Saints, and um, he's in that. And uh, yeah, he's one of the brothers in Boondock Saints. Oh, um, Duh. him and uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. Um, so I met both of them the year before Walking Dead came out, and I remember there was nobody at their booth. I was like, "This is crazy." I mean, Boondock Saints is like like a cult classic movie. How's there nobody here? And then when I heard that he, w- they were going to be there again the following year, I was like, Oh cool. I'll, I'll stop by and say hi again. And there was like a three hour wait for just to meet uh, D- Daryl. 
Um, I felt so bad. I was like, can I just meet Sean Patrick Flannery? <laughs> I feel so bad. The people probably aren't there to meet him. They're there for uh, for Daryl. I mean, Norman Reedus, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's just... <laughs> His character is super interesting. I think they just they overdid it. And I, th- I think at this point, they probably want to get rid of him. But I think they would lose the, the remaining fans they have for that show. Well, if they did, yeah, I love the way you slid that one in there. If they did, <laughs> then everyone who misses Norman Reedus can just go play Death Stranding. Oh yes, dude. Then they can hang out with him, and he can make he can make facial gestures towards you on the screen like he always does, and he can piss in front of you and drink Monster Energy drinks. <laughs> the official sponsor of the apocalypse. Yeah, I didn't realize, but I'm I'm glad I've I've started drinking White Monster, so I think I'm ready. <laughs> Have you really? <laughs> Yeah, I really like White Monster. What is wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> um, you, need drink, you need to drink Bang. Oh yes, Bang Energy. No, they're all they're all pretty bad. Um, so yeah, this, that was Walking Dead was definitely one of my favorites. I, it was just like such a, and, and it kind of birthed my love of these like walking simulator type games. I'm I'm kind of a sucker for them. I, I don't even really know if they qualify as video games at this point. There's there's so many companies that do this style of game, but I really do enjoy them. So not any of those companies creators are drinking Konami tears though. So I don't really care about that. <laughs> that is true. So, uh, do you have another one, Zach? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to talk about a game. <laughs> I'm going to talk about a game that was actually like crazy disappointing. Oh no. Oh, yeah. okay. I think I know. Yeah. I know where you're going with this. So, <laughs> Everyone, still, this was probably 2014, but it was Destiny. Destiny was a game that I thought was super disappointing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't so much that the gameplay was bad or the game itself was bad. It's just the time and commitment needed to actually get anywhere in that game, I didn't have time for. And I feel like that's not a game you can approach and be successful at without that large commitment. And I... I would have been more on board if they hadn't said we have a 10-year plan for constant updates. Oh, yeah. I knew then. There's (laughs) no way in hell you're going to do that. That makes no sense. And everyone's like, yeah, dude, jump on. And then, like, everyone who wanted to play with me, like, has specific times and specific raids. And I was like, I can't. I have work. Like, I don't. I'm not rushing home, driving an hour home to get home to just raid for six hours and go back to work or 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 school. Like, that's not going to happen. And then you know, come to come to find out Destiny 2 rolls around. Everyone's like, wait, what's going on? What do you mean? If that was a 10-year rollout plan. Yeah. And the first thing that happens in the damn thing is you lose every single thing you farm and raided for and gilded for and ran with your buddies with. You lost all of it. It didn't matter. Welcome to Destiny 2. <laughs> Welcome to your crushed hopes and dreams. Yeah, I mean, it was for me, it was such a major disappointment, I think, because... Halo existed. <laughs> Halo existed, yeah. So... Halo 3 came out, everyone loved it. And then that same year, after Halo came out, they announced that they were splitting from Microsoft and they were going to do their own thing. Um, they The Halo intellectual property belonged to Microsoft, so they were done. And it went over to 343, who, depending on who you talk to, have, have done a terrible or great job with the <laughs> Halo series. Um, I think I fall in the middle on that. Um, I, I fall in the middle too, only because like <laughs> I'm gonna sound really like I'm gonna sound really shitty about this. I'm 30, so I'm not gonna point out every 
plot point, plot hole, lack of this, lack of that, lack of realism, lack of what it, okay, it's a video game, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it. We're nerds. We're all nerds here. But at some point, you got to, you know. <laughs> at the end of the day, it comes it comes down to gameplay. Yeah. And um, I think, like, developers have, <laughs> I feel bad for developers, honestly. So oh much, yeah i mean so they, these these this. people have slaved you know some some of them are doing 80 hour weeks for for months to get this game released and then just to get shit on by by a whole audience and we've talked about audience reaction before so yeah. we won't get we won't get into that but <laughs> hashtag hot fixes <laughs> i guess it wasn't fair because halo was an already established property there were novels before the video games ever came out. So there's a rich lore there that were embedded into the video games, whether you wanted them there or not. And <laughs> destiny was, Great was way of putting that. <laughs> destiny was their own property. Um, and the story just felt for me super weak. Uh, the gunplay was fine, but I just like holding a battle rifle in a video game and, you know, sniping somebody or shooting somebody um just did not feel as good um and as hollow (laughs) of a character as john 117 is still better than the the the, is it even a life form that you play in destiny oh oh, okay hang on do do not shit on master chief He's, he is he's, not hollow. Uh, well, that's, he's the hitman of the space world. <laughs> that that is true. And there's, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just going to recommend another podcast while we're on this podcast. Um, Double hunt, dipping, Calvin. I am. Uh, listen to uh, if you like the Halo series, listen to Hunt the Truth. Um, <laughs> I'm down. It's dude, you're going to love it. It's uh, Keegan Michael Key. Um, <laughs> I'm already down. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's super good, and uh, Kumail Nanjiani's in it. And it is all about um, Keegan Michael Key. They released this this two season podcast uh, in preparation for Halo Four, um, and the whole podcast is about um, Keegan Michael Key plays this reporter, and he's hunting down um, the truth behind the Master Chief and kind of what turned him into what he is super super well done podcast um and i think there's like 12 episodes total um definitely worth your time okay sounds good i'm gonna check it out um let's continue with destiny though yes let's continue so i remember when i first played destiny i was just very underwhelmed by uh was oh all of it there we go that's what it was (laughs) all of it just (laughs) didn't do anything for me and I get it. Like it was very ambitious. I am not. I am not shit talking the ambition that goes behind trying to make this work. I think it's incredible, and it was a great vision. But I also just was like, this is not going to work. Like this is not worth my time, or even like trying to pretend that this is gonna be worth my time and energy. Um, and again, I had Halo. Like I remember playing this game and going, "Wow, well, Halo exists, so I'm not gonna really mess with this at all. I don't care." Um, and like, I mean, you know, that, could be, that sounds, sounds pretty, I'm sure that's pretty biased, but I don't know. I just couldn't get into it as much. Yeah. Halo. Yeah. Halo, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Halo games were great. Um, I have, uh, I have one more before we wrap things up. 
Um, is is that time already, Calvin? Yeah, I'm getting we're close. At, I think we're I think we're close to an hour at this point. Um, Say it ain't so. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we did not plan that. By the way, that was not a that's not a rhyme we planned. That just literally came out naturally. And I love Weezer, so. Um, <laughs> What? So this is one of those oh, games. Right. Okay. I forgot <laughs> that's, about that. that's that's what that was. Um, whether you wanted it to be or not, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. You know how I feel about Weezer. Oh yeah, that's yeah. We won't we won't do an episode on Weezer. Um, no, we can. We should. Let's talk about songs. We, yeah, we we definitely need to do some more music on this podcast. Um, so my game was a is a game that had a lot of delays and I think in the long run was worth it. Um, Interesting. Okay. We, we definitely need a, uh, an episode on game delays. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that's a worthy topic. Um, but I'm going to talk about South Park, the stick of truth. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh man. And, and you'll, did you play this? I did. Okay, yeah, so this will be great since we were shitting on uh, zombies uh, for <laughs> for some of this podcast. Um, this was a role-playing game that was developed by Obsidian, published by Ubisoft, and Matt and Trey from the South Park TV series um, wrote um, in its entirety. They're big video gamers, in case any of you didn't know. Um but this game was super cool because it felt like you were playing in a standalone South Park episode. Um, you create your own character um, and you're, you know, you, you pick sides. So there's, there's the elves and the, uh, I forget the other group. Um, but basically it's, you know, it's, it's Cartman and troop versus you know, Kyle, Kenny, Stan, um, and there's these different classes that you can choose from. And it's, it's super RPG light, which I like because sometimes RPGs can be a little daunting for me, I think because they're open world and I, there's like infinite possibilities of where I can go. And I feel like I get, uh, like decision fatigue, I guess. And I feel like I'm missing out on something like maybe I went the wrong way and I'm missing out on an important quest or something like that. There's not any of that in this game, which I really like. Um, That's true. You, like there, there were side quests, but you didn't have to like, I don't know. A lot of games feel like they add side quests as a means to kind of stall you until you level up to where you can actually fight a boss and you didn't have to do that in this game. Yeah. And the, the side quests felt important and I didn't feel like it was difficult to miss any of them. And like, if you like the South Park series, even the something as simple as like the collectibles, um, this is like one of the few games I've got like all the achievements for, um, just because like the collectibles are so much fun because in the game it's, it's for anyone that knows South Park has a parody episode on Pokemon um, mm-hmm. that they call Chim Pokemon. And uh, wasn't really trying hard to hide that. (laughs) No, no, they're 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 blatant about it. Um, And so the collectibles in the game are finding the Chin Pokemon. So it's fun. Like, like I hadn't seen that Chin Pokemon episode in preparation. So it was like fun remembering like, oh, there's a Pokemon called Shu just because there were so many Pokemon at this point that like, I mean, they, they have a set of keys as a Pokemon. So I think it's kind of a play on that. Oh yeah, like Pokemon. I was talking to my, my brother and sister about this. Pokemon, 
I should be hired on that team to create new Pokemon because I can just drive around <laughs> Ann Arbor and just point at things and make a Pokemon out of it because that's yeah. basically where we are right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this was a, you know, this was a, it was a rough production for this game. It, the original developer actually went bankrupt during production of the game, really? which is crazy. Yeah. So it was originally THQ. Um, and oh, then it was, it was yeah. handed over to Obsidian and they finished up. Um, but this, yeah, this wasn't an exclusive. It was on every console. It wasn't a super tough game, but you know, I, you know, I probably put in 30 hours, which for me is a lot for a video game. I don't, I just don't have the time anymore to do, you know, a hundred hour fallout or dragon's age. Oh man. (laughs) I just can't do it anymore. So, so this was just kind of like a, a perfect blend. It was, it was RPG light. It was super funny. The story was compelling. Um, very offensive, but that's it's you know, what that's, you know from start. Yeah, it was, it was a great RPG, honestly. Like from an RPG standpoint, that's what appealed to me the most. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I know. That. I know how to play this game. Yeah, <laughs> and and there was a so there was a follow up to the game. Um, it's called the Fractured Butthole, um, <laughs> which is a play on <laughs> Fractured Butthole. Uh, but it, it even it added more. So it, it added, you know, there was, uh, you know, placement. So like combat in the first one was uh, you stand where you stand. There's there's no real movement in combat. Um, and it felt more like a D&D simulator in the sequel because you could move your character around. There were objects that you could hide behind to protect yourself from attacks um i think it was a good iterative the story wasn't as compelling to me the second one Um, it definitely played more off of the whole um what was the the avengers civil war is what it really what it kind of like tried to play like yeah totally um but I, i still really enjoyed it um it's actually one that i have not finished i need to um i have it on pc i need to go back and and finish the fractured butthole um, but there's a great segment where they, they talk about how played out Nazi zombies are in, yes. uh, in video games. And they, you actually experience that you fight a lot of Nazi zombies. Um, and the, the people were really pissed about having to fight them. It's great. Oh yeah. And they share in your anger. And I love that. Yeah. Do you remember, um, do you remember what archetype do you, you picked for the game? Were you, uh, um, fighter, honestly, thief? it was crazy because it gave you so many at the end that like, you didn't really have to pick an archetype anymore. Oh, I meant, I meant, uh, I meant with the uh, first one. Sorry. So there's a oh. fight, fighter, thief, mage, and Jew. I think. <laughs> I definitely didn't pick the last one. Um, not because <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't care. I'm not explaining that. Just, yeah, it felt wrong to do. Um, I think I started off with mage, only okay. because I tend to lean towards fighter in most games, and I was just curious to see because it's either a game. Most games that have those kind of classes. Mage is either great or it's like it's either stupid overpowered or it's like you're getting your ass kicked. Like no yeah, your what. defense is just trash. Yeah, so I decided just to try it, try it out and see what it was going to be. Um, yeah, and I just I don't know. I thought it was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, and like you said, the story wasn't as you know compelling, but it's also South Park. Like it's yeah whatever <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't need anything deep with south park i i think there was a lot of fun stuff I, there was even controversies around um like it got i think some scenes in the game were banned in australia and germany um, yes if, if you've played yes, the game were. you know which scene i'm talking yes, about they were. <laughs> um oh man yep <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah which is super funny um 
and and they they replace it with like mocking mocking the european nations that blocked it which i think is funny um so yeah i i think this is this is it for this uh for this console um for this generation um what are we what are we doing uh, next time zach i wanted to know i wanted to know something about hmm my question to you calvin uh-huh. do you consider yourself a foodie uh i think you are more than me but yeah I, really because I, mean, I, I, I feel like as a world traveler that you are i mean i've definitely had a lot of food experiences and i and i love food and i think most of my youtube history is watching people bake and cook um okay, that's usually so what you, i have on you the basically background. are i don't know why you're denying yourself I, I guess i don't i don't feel i have the palate to be considered a foodie i get it you eat mostly mac and cheese it's fine but that's not the point <laughs> if you want to know more about what calvin likes to eat and talk about food because i think we're going to add a little kind of things something a little different to the show we're going to go over some interesting topics next time will it be music will it be food will it be things you don't know will we talk about how many times we've tripped over our xbox controllers that were still wired into the xbox series. we don't know but all you need to know is that you will find out this information and more next time on this podcast is for nerds